Blog Talk Radio. internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. This is your Book of Revelation research scientist. This is Nicole. I am so happy that you are with me and with us today. We are talking about the dead judged prophecy in the Book of Revelation. Today, discussion and analysis of the dead judged prophecy. I want to begin with sharing a brief overview of how the book of Revelation is organized, and then let us go into talking about the dead judged prophecy in context. Finally, we will hear the dead judged prophecy, and I will uh, discuss that with you and with everyone, verse by verse, really getting into the details. Let us understand everything that God has for us. Let us unlock all of the secrets in the book of Revelation, focusing uh, specifically on the dead judged prophecy today. But to get started, if you want to use the one-page basic study notes, which are available for you 24-7 on the Blog Talk website, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. You can find the one-page basic study notes that accompany this program. And if you want to call during the live Internet broadcast, you can reach me, your PGN host, using this phone number, 1-319-527-6027. You can use this PGN phone number, 1-319-527-6027, during the live internet broadcast, which is on Thursdays, today is Thursday, November 30th, 2023, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central Time, that's 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and on Sundays at 12 noon Texas Time, which is 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So, we are talking about prophecies in the book of Revelation. In chapter 22, the angel of the Lord shares with John the Revelator every prophecy in the book of Revelation is genuine and true and sure to come to pass. And so let us begin with understanding how do you know where you are and when you are in the book of Revelation? Quick overview. The book of Revelation, by my analysis, has six parts. So you might say, well, what do you mean by your analysis? So when I have studied this book and I have prayed about this book, this is what the Lord revealed to me. The book of Revelation has six parts. Some of the parts are narrated exclusively by Jesus Christ. Some of the parts are narrated exclusively by John the Revelator. Some of the parts are narrated by both 
Jesus Christ and John the Revelator. But the very first part, and there are six, the very first part of the book of Revelation, its preface has an omniscient narrator, an all-knowing narrator. Let us go to part one of the book of Revelation. We're doing a quick overview. It has six parts. Part one, its preface. Part two, the formal introduction. Part three, seven letters to seven churches. Part four, the book of Revelation. And the bulk of the book of Revelation, its prophecies. Wait, let me back up. Part four, the book of Revelation, John's report on heaven. Part five is the bulk of the book of Revelation. Prophecies, part five, uh, again, by far, the vast majority of the book of Revelation is its prophecies. That's part five of the book of Revelation, and it ends with a formal conclusion. That's part six. So as I shared with you, we want to unlock the secrets of the book of Revelation. Secret number one, it has six parts. Here's another secret. The first part is its preface. When we hear it, and we're going to hear it now, we'll hear that this is the only part of the book of Revelation that is narrated by an omniscient narrator. What does that mean? Omniscient means all-knowing. So John the Revelator, a servant of God, uh, like you and like me, he didn't know everything. But God the Father is omniscient. He knows everything. And so we want to hear what the God who knows everything, who is omniscient, has to say to us about the book of Revelation. What is it and how is it that it has come to pass? Let's hear it now, the preface for the book of Revelation. Narrated by an omniscient narrator, verses 1 to 8, here it is, verses 1 to 8 of chapter 1 of the book of Revelation. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was and who is still to come from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. 
and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. That is the preface for the book of Revelation, and we heard it there right at the end. The narrator is the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. And this omniscient narrator shares with us that the book of Revelation has come to pass because God gave it to Jesus Christ, to show us the events that must soon take place. And an angel was sent to present the revelation to John the Revelator. And John the Revelator has reported here where in this document, the book of Revelation, the pinnacle work in the Holy Bible, book number 66, John the Revelator reported everything that he saw here in this book. So, so far we haven't heard anything that John saw, but we hear what the book of Revelation is and how it came to pass. And we understand that Jesus Christ is coming. So what is the book of Revelation? It's the unveiling of Jesus Christ. It's the report of the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Now, when is Jesus Christ unveiled? That secret is reported in verse 7. It says, look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him. When is everyone going to see Jesus Christ? At the time of his second coming, the first time he came as the Lamb of God. The next time he comes, he's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he comes, everyone will see him. Okay, let us continue. We've learned that the first part of the book of Revelation, we need to understand how it's organized so that we can make sense of it. Uh, My goal is for you to be able to open up any page in the book of Revelation and to know where you are and be able to understand what God is communicating uh, to you as the reader. So if you open up chapter 1 and you're anywhere between verses 1 to 8, you know that an omniscient God, God the Father, is speaking to you and you're in the preface for the book of Revelation. Now, let us go to part 2. This part is narrated by John the Revelator. And Jesus Christ. This this is the formal introduction, verses 9 to 20. So essentially the second half of chapter 1. This is where John tells us how does it all begin from his perspective. So an omniscient God has already talked to us about what the book of Revelation is and how it came uh, to pass how it is that we have it in our possession today. But now, John the Revelator 
is going to talk to us and Jesus Christ. And John's going to share with us how it all started, his part, uh, his participation with the creation of the book of Revelation. Here it is, verses 9 to 20 of chapter 1. John the Revelator says to you and me, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. That's the end of the formal introduction for the book of Revelation. We hear John the Revelator narrating, as well as the verbatim words of Jesus Christ. And that way, they are narrating together, if you will, the formal introduction. And what did we learn? We learned that John the Revelator was in exile on the island of Patmos when he had a visitation from Jesus Christ. You might say, well, How how do we know who visited him? He said the person who visited him was someone like the Son of Man. True. Also, and here's where we know for sure, we know for sure who visited John the Revelator. He communicates, he communicates in verse 18, Jesus communicates to John. Jesus says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. The Holy Spirit didn't die. 
God the Father didn't die. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he rose from the dead, and then he ascended to present heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father today until he returns for the marriage of the Lamb, the first resurrection. We also know for sure that this is Jesus Christ because in verse 16 of chapter 1, John the Revelator tells us he held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. In Revelation chapter 19, we're told that a sharp two-edged sword comes from the rider of the white horse. And who's the rider of the white horse in Revelation chapter 19, the marriage supper prophecy? It is Jesus Christ, and we're told in the marriage supper prophecy in Revelation chapter 19 that he is the Lord of all lords and the king of all kings. And we know that that title is for one person only, Jesus Christ. We're also told that the rider of the white horse, his name is Faithful and True. And by the way, he uses the two-edged sword to take out all of the enemies of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. All of those who have gathered together under the leadership of the Antichrist, 100% of those in those armies die. How do they die? They die as a result of the use of the sharp two-edged sword that comes from the mouth of Jesus Christ, who will fight a righteous war, a war waged in righteousness, the war to end all wars. There will never, ever be another war after the Battle of Armageddon. But let us go back to here where we are. In the formal introduction we learned, let's summarize this way, three key things. It all began for John the Revelator with him having a supernatural visitation from Jesus Christ as he was in exile on the island of Patmos. Jesus Christ gave John the Revelator an instruction, and that instruction was this, write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. Now, this is very key. What are the things that are now happening? What was happening at the time John the Revelator was on this present earth, and the things that will happen, the things that will happen in the future, John's future is our present, our present as well as our future. So how does John accomplish the assignment that he has been given? And again, what's his assignment? Jesus tells him in verse 19, write down what you have seen both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. Now, this was part two of the book of Revelation, the formal introduction. And he accomplishes this, this assignment that he has, by writing the things that are now happening in part three. What's that? What was happening at that time with the seven churches that existed on the earth. So chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation are seven letters to seven churches. These are not churches that exist today in 2023. 
but they are churches that existed at the time John the Revelator lived in a mortal body on this present earth. And so those were the things that are now happening. And what are what's in those letters? So a unique letter was written to each church. And if you look in a red letter Bible, you'll see 100% of the words in chapters 2 and 3 are in red because 100% of those words are the words of Jesus Christ. So chapters 2 and 3, part 3 of the book of Revelation, seven letters to seven churches are narrated exclusively by Jesus Christ, 100%, 100%. And in those letters, Jesus has uh, words of praise, words of criticism or correction, as well as promises, uh, very beautifully written um, very beautifully written. I love uh, the way that every letter ends with promise, uh, promises, one or more promises for those who are victorious, those who die in Christ. Okay. Now, how else does John accomplish writing down the things that are now happening? Let us go now to part four of the book of Revelation, chapter four. I think it's easy to remember that way. Part four is chapter four of the book of Revelation. Part four is John's report on heaven. Now, John was supernaturally transported to heaven. So he begins his experience here on the earth. He's on the island of Patmos. And Jesus visits him. But then he has another experience. And instead of Jesus coming here to the earth to visit John the Revelator, John goes to where Jesus is. Let's hear it. Part four of the book of Revelation is John's report on heaven. He describes exactly how it is that he comes to be in heaven and exactly what he sees when he arrives there. So let's say that you went on a trip to, uh, let's say you went on a trip to London and when you got off of the plane, you're in London and you're on the phone with us and you say, well, let me tell you, let me tell you what I see. And then you began to tell us what you see as you're looking around in the city of London. So that's exactly what we have in Chapter 4. We don't have any prophecies yet. In Chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, there aren't any metaphors. We don't have any prophecies. We have a report on exactly how John found himself in heaven and then what he saw when he arrived in heaven. That's part four of the book of Revelation. Let's hear it now. John the Revelator says to you and to me, readers of the book of Revelation, so he's writing down everything that is happening. So this is what was happening uh, at that time, that he was here on the present earth. Chapter four of the book of Revelation, John says, then, as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, 
and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Let's pause there for a second. So we hear from verses 1 and 2, John the Revelator, he looks and he's able to see an open door in heaven. Jesus Christ speaks to him. He hears the voice of Jesus. He doesn't see Jesus. He says he hears the voice. And what Jesus says to him is, come up here. Where's up? Heaven. Human beings are three places on the earth. That's where you and I are right now. Above the earth in present heaven or underneath the earth in Hades, prisons of darkness. So Jesus says, come up here, where's here? Come up to heaven, the place where God the Father sits on the throne, where Jesus Christ sits on the right hand of the Father, where there are angels of the Lord, and where all who have died in Christ are residing in a heavenly body, awaiting, awaiting the first resurrection. Okay, let's continue. The voice said, come up here. And I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Now let me pause for a second. It says, and I will show you what must happen after this. Now in chapter 4, we're not yet at the part where John the Revelator is shown what must happen after this. In chapter 4, we're still at the this. We're still at the what is happening now. Okay? So whenever you're in the book of Revelation, you open it up, you're in chapter 4. You're not in the future. You're in the past. You're in a part that describes what is happening now relative to the time that John the Revelator lived on the present earth. And then in this case, He's not on the present earth. He's in heaven. All right, now let's hear uh, what was happening now when John the Revelator was called up to heaven. Verse 3 says, The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. So the first thing John the Revelator tells us, he's in heaven and he sees someone sitting on a throne. And then he describes the throne. He says it's as brilliant as gemstones. And it and it glows. And in addition to this main throne, there are 24 thrones surrounding the throne. Now, on the main throne, there's someone sitting on it. And the one sitting on it is as brilliant as gemstones. So the, the, the living one is brilliant. So he's describing the appearance, the appearance of the person sitting on the main throne as brilliant. Um, then he says, that he saw 24, thron- 24 thrones surrounding the main throne. And 
he says, 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them. So, so far, we understand that when he's in heaven, he's seen 25, 25 living beings so far. And about these 24 uh, elders, he describes the people sitting on uh, thrones, the thrones around the main throne as elders. About them, he says, they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. Now, that's interesting. He's telling us about their clothing decisions, their attire, their outfits. What are they wearing? Yeah, I'm interested in that. Maybe you are too. So what are they wearing in heaven? These individuals, the elders, are wearing white outfits, and they have gold crowns on their heads. Then he says, from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. Okay, so now we're up to 29, 29 living beings. We have the one who sits on the throne the 24 elders who are surrounding the throne, and now John's telling us, in addition, there were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. Then he says, the first of these living beings was like a lion. A lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were all covered and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Now let's pause for a second. In chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, this is a literal description of four living beings in heaven. So when we hear that one of the living beings was like a lion, this is not the same thing as the lion referred to in Revelation chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, the same lion referred to in Daniel chapter 7. So it says like a lion, but it doesn't say that the living being was a lion. And remember, this is John's report on heaven. He's telling us exactly what he saw when he got up there so we're not yet in any of the visions that he was shown we're not in any of the prophecies we're in the what's happening now what did he actually see once he was supernaturally transported to heaven so he sees these four living beings he doesn't know quite what they are so he's doing his best to describe their physical appearance to us then he says uh Day after day and night after night, they keep on saying, who's they, these four living beings? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. 
and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. And so he ends with telling us about the activities of these four living beings. So he started with telling us what they look like, and then he tells us what he uh, hears them saying. He He reports to us, hey, they say this all the time. They say it day after day, night after night. They just keep on saying it. And then he says, he tells us about what the 24 elders do in response to what the four living beings are doing. So where God the Father sits on the throne, we have a description of what the one sitting on the throne looks like. He's described as looking uh, brilliant, uh, like a gemstone. And he tells us, like, these two different gemstones, and he names the gemstones. And then he tells us uh, what the throne looks like and what's in front of the throne who all is surrounding the throne on other thrones, what they are wearing. Then he tells us finally about these four living beings. So he doesn't know uh, everything about them, but he shares with us some key information. We don't learn everything about them. I can't say for sure what he knows or doesn't know, but I can say he doesn't tell us everything about them, but he tells us some interesting things. So, He didn't have a tour of heaven in its entirety that's described here, but he tells us exactly what he saw when he was called up to heaven. Did he visit other places in heaven? I don't know. If he did, it's not shared here. Now, that was part four of the book of Revelation. Now we're going to part five. Part five, the prophecies in the book of Revelation by far. The largest part of the book of Revelation, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5 and ending with verse 5 of chapter 22, is its prophecies. Now, these prophecies are visions that the angel of the Lord showed John the Revelator. Now, you might say, how do you know this? We know this from two places. Let's go back briefly to chapter 1. So the omniscient narrator, God the Father, tells us in the preface for the book of Revelation, explaining how it came to pass, he says in chapter 1, verse 1, this is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. So it says he sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. Well, where's the angel? Where does that come in? All of the prophecies in the book of Revelation. So not the promises for those who are victorious in the seven letters to the seven churches, but the prophecies, realities about future events. Those were presented by an angel of the Lord who was assigned to do that. So an angel of the Lord was assigned to show John the Revelator 
the revelation. In other words, the prophecies. So this angel shows John the Revelator external visions to himself. And these external visions are movies, uh, if you will. These external visions uh, are moving pictures, is what I mean to say, with sound. Moving pictures with sound. Today, in today's vernacular, we refer to moving pictures with sound as movies. But these weren't movies about fictional characters or fictionalized uh, events. These moving pictures with sound, these visions, are essentially documentaries. You might say, research scientists, how can you refer to prophecies in the book of Revelation as documentaries? Well, a documentary includes information that reflects reality. And the prophecies in the book of Revelation are soon coming realities. We're told in its conclusion that every prophecy in the book of Revelation is genuine and true and sure to come to pass. So in that way, when John the Revelator wrote down everything that he saw in the vision that the angel of the Lord shows him as he stands in heaven, he was watching a documentary, and how many did he watch? He watched 12 in total by my analysis. First, he watches the seven seals documentary. Then the angel of the Lord shows him the seven trumpets documentary. Then the angel of the Lord shows him the 1,260 days documentary. Then the angel of the Lord shows him the 666 antichrist prophecy documentary. And then next, the 144,000 First Fruits documentary, then the Earth Reap documentary, then the Seven Plagues documentary, then the Purple and Scarlet prophecy, then the Marriage Supper prophecy, then the Millennial Reign prophecy, then the Dead Judged prophecy, and finally the New Earth prophecy. Today we're going to talk about the Dead Judged prophecy. So in the middle of Part 5 of the book of Revelation, again, it's the prophecies. This is where the angel of the Lord shows John the Revelator, as he stands in heaven, external visions to himself again, moving pictures with sound, documentaries about future events, soon coming realities. In the middle of this, he shows He shows John the Revelator these documentaries one after the other, kind of like a marathon. You ever watched a marathon? Maybe you've watched on TV a Julia Roberts marathon or a Denzel Washington marathon. Or if you're like me, you like watching the Planet of the Apes marathon. I can watch that all day. Just show me all seven, eight, nine, ten of them. I'll watch that all day. So uh, better than even the Planet of the Apes, which is a fantastic series. Better than that by far are the documentaries in the book of Revelation. There are 12 of them by my analysis. Now, we're going to talk about the dead judged documentary. As you'll see on the one-page basic study notes, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic, this documentary is one of three. What do I mean by that? 
The last three documentaries in the book of Revelation are about the events following Jesus Christ fighting and winning the Battle of Armageddon. So the Marriage Supper Prophecy, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21, the Marriage Supper Prophecy is the documentary about the Battle of Armageddon. It focuses uh, nearly exclusively on the Battle of Armageddon. It's the most detailed account of the Battle of Armageddon in the book of Revelation. Now, the Battle of Armageddon is mentioned in other documentaries, but the most detailed account about the Battle of Armageddon is the Marriage Supper Prophecy, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. After the Marriage Supper Prophecy, we have three final documentaries John the Revelator was shown. The Millennial Reign documentary, the Dead Judge documentary, and the New Earth documentary. Now let's hear, let's hear those documentaries, and I want to summarize briefly what they are. Then let's hear each of them, and then we're going to drill down on the Dead Judge prophecy. The Millennial Reign documentary. shows us what happens during the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth. Now, it doesn't show what's everything. There are only ten verses, Revelation 20, verses 1 to 10. Now, you might say, if I was writing about the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, I'd include A, B, C, D, E, and then maybe you have some other things. Well, neither you nor myself is the author of the book of Revelation. So for his own reasons, God decided the key events to include. Now, what are the key events in the Millennial Reign documentary? Number one, what happens to Satan after Jesus Christ fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon? We find that out. It starts off with that. Then we learn that, sure enough, all the people that died in Christ during the Great Tribulation, not only are they resurrected, in other words, now dwelling in three and one, dwelling in a physical body, but they are on the earth ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. Then we learn that at the end of the thousand years, Satan is released from the bottomless pit. He persuades some foolish folks to believe him. And they surround Jerusalem. He's persuaded them that they're going to take over Jerusalem. You know, there's a cartoon called Pinky and the Brain. In every episode, the brain has one mission, uh, to take over the world. Satan's like that. He has that one mission. He wants to take over Jerusalem. Why? This is where God the Father has said that he's going to have his forever home. 
So Satan said, oh, that's where your forever home is going to be. That's, that's the place that I want to be at. That's the place that I want to uh, take over. So he shoots his last shot. What's that? He gets some foolish people to believe him. They come from all different parts of the world, and he has some armies. They're all together, all of his armies that he's gathered after he was released from the bottomless pit. Fire falls down from heaven, and they 100% of them die. They don't even get to go into any kind of battle. There's no war. After the Battle of Armageddon, there will never, ever be another war. For whatever reasons, they're not aware of the prophecies of the Bible. Perhaps they don't believe them or they're not aware of them. In any case, 100% of them uh, lose their lives. They experience the first death. Fire falls from heaven, and Satan finally, finally Satan is destroyed. So if you ever wonder, when is Satan going to be destroyed? That's when, at the end of the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth. So we're going to hear that in the millennial reign prophecy. The second prophecy in this group, prophecy number 11 of the 12, is the dead judge prophecy. So this is the prophecy we're going to focus on today. This tells us what happened what happens after Satan is destroyed for all time. So what happens to the children of Satan? We're going to find out. What happens to everyone who has rejected Jesus Christ? They're going to have to answer for that. It's all shared in the dead judge prophecy. Finally, the last documentary John the Revelator was shown. So the book of Revelation is the pinnacle book in the Holy Bible, and it has a pinnacle prophecy. That's the New Earth prophecy. And this is the prophecy where we find out what happens when we – not only have transitioned to our peak performance bodies, but what happens when we transition to a peak performance earth, a new earth? Well, what happens is there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more grief, no more mourning, and God the Father relocates his home from present heaven to the new earth, where Every believer in Christ will rule and reign with Jesus Christ forever and ever. All right. Now, let us go. We're going to focus on the dead judge prophecy, but let's hear those three prophecies in context. So we're starting with the Battle of Armageddon has been fought and won. The Battle of Armageddon has been fought and won, and as shared in Isaiah chapter 9, it's now time for the government of Jesus Christ to begin. And we're told in Isaiah, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. Okay, so this is the beginning. The Battle of Armageddon has been fought and won. The Antichrist and the false prophet have been thrown into the lake of fire, that's in Revelation chapter 19, verses 20 and 21. Now what happens? This is the first thousand years, right after the Battle of Armageddon has been fought and won. What's the next key event? John the Revelator shares with us 
the Millennial Reign documentary. So he wrote down everything he saw. What did he see? He saw a documentary about the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ where, not in heaven, government on this present earth, the one that you and I dwell upon right now. Here it is, the Millennial Reign Prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. John the Revelator says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked, so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is the Millennial Reign documentary. So that's what John the Revelator was shown by the angel of the Lord in heaven. He wrote it down faithfully as Jesus instructed him to do when Jesus visited him on the Isle of Patmos. And so he wrote that down for us. And now we can refer to it as a prophecy. So when he saw it, he saw it. Uh, the angel of the Lord showed him this documentary, this external vision to himself. So this wasn't a dream that he had when, while he was sleeping. He wasn't having a daydream while he was awake. No, this was something an angel of the Lord showed him, moving pictures with sound, a documentary, if you will. Okay. So we heard at the beginning of the thousand years, after the Battle of Armageddon has been fought and won, Satan gets into a fight with an angel of the Lord. We're not told which angel, but they're in hand-to-hand combat. The angel of the Lord prevails. He wraps Satan in chains, throws him into the bottomless pit underneath the earth, then locks it. A thousand years later, the pit is unlocked. Satan comes out. And he does what he does. What's that? 
He goes to deceive people around the world, as many as he can persuade to believe his lies. And they follow Satan to where, you guessed, in Israel. More wars have been fought uh, fought over Jerusalem than any other city uh, on the earth. Why is that? Why is that? Satan wants what God has. What does God have? He has Jerusalem forever and ever. In the interim period, at the end of the thousand years, Satan has persuaded armies. It says their numbers like the sands of the seashore to join him at Jerusalem. They believe they're going to take it over. Of course they don't. Uh, Supernaturally, fire falls from heaven. The armies are consumed. And God says, Satan, time's up, and he throws them into the lake of fire. Gehenna. So Satan is destroyed that way forever and ever. Now, what about the children of Satan? So the father, everyone has a father. Either a person's father is God the Father who sits on the throne in present heaven, or it's Satan. So everyone is a child of God or a child of Satan. Now what happens to Satan's children? Here in the Dead Judge Prophecy we find out, verses 11 to 15 of chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, it says, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. Now you know who's sitting on the great white throne. That's God the Father. Then it says, The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. Now remember, every person in Christ has already been resurrected. So the dead refers to those individuals who have died who are in Hades. So they're underneath the earth in prisons of darkness. They were awaiting another resurrection referred to in Revelation 20, verse 5. They were awaiting the second resurrection. So the Bible refers to it as another resurrection. It says the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. So here the rest of the dead have come back to life, and they're standing before God. It says, I saw the dead. This is the rest of the dead referred to in verse 5 of uh, chapter 20. John the Revelator says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This prophecy is so important. Verse 11 tells us God the Father is going to sit on a great white throne. After the first years, first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, he's going to sit on a great white throne. And then verse 12 tells us, After another resurrection has happened, all of the children of Satan, in other words, everyone who failed to participate in the first resurrection, they have been resurrected in another resurrection, and now 
Books are open. What books? Books that are in heaven. In these books, each person's deeds, their intentions, their actions are recorded. And a second book is used called the Book of Life. That's just backup. That's to confirm that the individual actually is not in the Book of Life. So every person who participates in the first resurrection has his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So a double check that God uses is to to look in the Book of Life to say, wait a minute, are you supposed to be here at this great white throne judgment? Let's double check. Okay, so each individual, uh, the evidence that God uses in these cases is to look in the individual's book and then also to look in the book of life. Now, it says, anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. How do you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You follow Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You have to go to mediation. You have to have your case settled before this second resurrection. You say, what case? God has a case against everyone. Any sin is a debt. And if a debt is incurred through sin, God is going to prosecute. He's going to going to prosecute anyone who has a case at the great white throne judgment. But Jesus Christ died on the cross so that all of your sin debt can be paid for whatever you do make sure your name is written in the lamb's book of life make sure you go to mediation so you can participate in the first resurrection and we also we also find out in the dead judged prophecy in addition to all of Satan's children being thrown into the lake of fire. Death is thrown into the lake of fire. So this is the end of the world. The great white throne judgment concludes with the end of the world. What are we talking about? After the great white throne judgment, we transition to eternity future beyond time beyond time and into eternity future. Please join me and join us on Sunday when we begin discussion and analysis of the new earth prophecy. What happens after the great white throne judgment? We're going to talk about it on Sunday and next Thursday. Every Sunday and Thursday, be here with me and with us as we talk about the new earth prophecy in the book of Revelation. Until next time, friend and truth seeker, God bless you.